0: Hi everyone, welcome to Conference Call, your official, unofficial guide for the Europa Conference League by Babagol. I'm Yossi Medina, Editor-in-Chief and Writer in Babagol, right next to me, our European football expert, Eden Fab. How are you? Hey,
1: I'm great. What's up?
0: I'm good. Well, we are getting ready for the great moment. The road to Prague is getting serious. 16 clubs left. Only one can be the 2023 Europa Conference League winners. How are your feelings before that stage?
1: I think we can see the path starting to build. We can see like which teams are hot, which aren't, and suddenly it looks much more clear. And also after a week uh, of a break, I think we now have like a real good, uh, you know, week after week after week combination. It's gonna be it's gonna be so good.
0: Yeah. Yes, it is. So, in this episode, we will cover the first legs of the round of 16. Let's go with the first match, which will actually... We are recording this episode before the match is is being played. Most of you will probably hear that, listen to this episode after it will be played. I'm talking about Lazio against Aze Alkmaar. Lazio, a real favorite to win the title, defeated Cifar Cluj in the previous round. Uh, say Alkmaar, last year this, they, they had a great uh, run in this tournament. Actually, all the Dutch clubs had a mm. good run. Um, we had four teams in the round of 16, four Dutch teams. Uh, as it was one of them, eliminated by Ghent. Um, what can you say about this tie? It's, as I said, it will be maybe be, uh, the people will hear us after the match. What do you think about this tie totally?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I think we should uh, clarify that why is this game played on Tuesday. Uh, I heard some people ask me in the past week, why is Lazio playing on Tuesday? So, of course, AS Roma are playing in the Europa League. And since they also uh, would host the first game, Uh, And Lazio would also uh, host the first game. You cannot have uh, two teams playing at the Olimpico at the same day. And even if they would play in different stadiums, I'm not sure about the whole... uh, Next
0: next week, we have uh, the same situation in Turkey. Exactly. So
1: security arrangements and all these things. In some cities, UEFA would not allow two games to be played at the same day. So they take the lower-ranked team and put them uh, a few days back. So we're playing Lazio against AZ on Tuesday... Uh, and look, I think this is a very good, very high quality matchup. You can argue that on Tuesday you have this game and you have two Champions League games. And this one is a ch- is even, you can say, better or on the same level as the Champions League games that are played on Tuesday, which is Chelsea Dortmund and Bruges against Benfica. So this is a very good, um, you can even say like, uh, commercial for us uh in the Conference League. So this this should be a very good one two teams that like I can say are favorites to to go to go far, especially Lazio. And um this this should be a great one.
0: Yeah, great. Some great names in uh as a squad we've been talking about Lazio more than once in the last weeks. So, um Worth mentioning, Jordi Classi, Bruno Martins Indy, mm-hmm. one uh, evergreen... Uh,
1: Very experienced player in European competitions. Yes,
0: indeed. Uh, Vangelis Pavlidis, a Greek player, really great scorer, and the substitute uh, goalkeeper. Are you ready for that? Yeah, hit me. Sam Westerveld. Oh, I'm S- familiar with that name. Sanders' son, uh, actually he was born in San Sebastian, Spain. Because his dad played... Yeah, so maybe maybe he will play one day in Athletic Bilbao or something.
1: <laughs> well, he can do that. I think his dad did he win the UEFA Cup with Liverpool in 2001 against Alaves? Was he in goal? I'm um, not sure if my memory uh, fails let's me. Check
0: it. He was in the squ- in the squad. Let's check if he will. He was also the the goalkeeper. I think it was it. Really high-profile high, that, high profile match.
1: A tricky trivia question. Yes,
0: and he was... He was the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper in that so game.
1: So even some more European, you know, experience, folklore going on here. Um, Pavlidis, uh, the Greek players, are really, really specializing in Holland in the past few years. Georgios uh, Takumakis, uh, Pavlidis, all very good. So uh, they can cause trouble to Lazio. I think this is a very tough draw for the Italian side.
0: Yeah, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this match uh, next week after we know the first leg uh, yeah, you, you guys know
1: the score by now we don't.
0: So let's move on. let's make another uh, another stop in Italy hmm. going to Florence. Uh, Fiorentina will host uh, Sivaspor um, in the first r- in the previous round we've been talking about how good was Fiorentina against Braga. So now they will play against Sivaspor that had really good uh, group stage. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the last weeks uh, are unstable in Turkey. We've been talking about the earthquake, all the consequences afterwards. Um, do Sivaspor have a chance against Fiorentina?
1: Well, a slim one. You can never rule out any tie here. But of course, Fiorentina are... are... Complete favorites here. Um, to add to that, Sivaspor have lost probably their best player in the first half of the season, Dia Saba, the Israeli who uh, moved to Maccabi Haifa uh, due to. Uh, well, he was very successful in Sivaspor and he had a lot of offers from the big Istanbul teams, but he decided for family matters to to come back home. Uh, so they they need to cope without him. They still have a lot of great names in their attacking uh, in their attacking squad there. A lot of name dropping cool stuff. So, for example, you have for the Leeds fans Samu Saez and Max Gradel, who used to play for Leeds. You have Ahmed Musa, Clinton NG, Licky James. A lot of AFCON vibes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of players. And, and
0: who... multinational uh, AFCON.
1: Yes, yes. And players who played in the Premier League. You have Jordi Caicedo, who really was great for Tesca Sofia last year uh, in the Conference League as well. So, they still have a lot to offer, but. They are a weaker team than they were before in uh, earlier in the year. They play a very tough opposition, and you have the whole situation in Turkey, which you just don't know how it would affect them. So it's a lot to ask.
0: Yes, and one name that you didn't mention, another uh, prolific scorer, Mustafa Yatabare, that mm-hmm. have great season this uh, year. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think that Fiorentina are clear favorites here. But... It's not going to be an easy match
1: no it's not going to be easy but but we saw them against braga uh so dominant and and we talked about luka jovic but it's not just jovic they also have arthur cabral uh it's almost like a you know a one-two attacking uh combo and arthur cabral five goals this year in in the tournament last year he played for basel in the conference league he scored I think, 13 goals, including the qualifiers, but still, that's very impressive. So he's probably one of our uh, most prolific scorers in, in the competition in, in the first two years.
0: Yeah, Let, Let's mention that it's first knockout stage appearance for Sivaspor. Um, by the way, I've been writing a few years ago about Sivaspor's manager, Riza Chalimbai. He was back then also Sivaspor manager. He was the one that led Sivaspor, I think more than a decade ago, to second place in Turkey I think it was 2007 um, really impressive manager he returned a few years ago for a second spell in uh, Sivaspol led them to great runs in the top uh, places in Turkey so yeah it's going to be interesting it's going to be really interesting uh, clash yeah um, moving on the next match um, one of the most impressive clubs in the Conference League this season, Villarreal, Uh, they qualified easily to the knockout. Uh, Last year we had no Spanish clubs in this tournament, so it might be their chance to give uh, first great results uh, for Spain. They will face uh, Anderlecht, uh, one club that we've been talking about last week. Had a bad season until now, but Europa Conference League is something else.
1: It's a, it's a mix. It's, it's very confusing <laughs> for both Belgian teams, by the way. Both Anderlecht and Ghent qualified for, through penalties. We talked last week about the, the their need to, you know, to find a way to do it. Uh, coming from a 1-0 deficit from the first game, they came back, they both won, and then they both won at penalties. So that shows, I think, a lot of fight character, uh, things that, you know, we, we don't, we didn't see, for example, from the Belgian national team, they always are more talented uh, than we expect, but then they just don't have this this way of, of getting through the tough matches and the tough battles. So it was impressive also, for example, Jan Vertonghen scored in the penalty, so a player who has been to both, to both worlds, you can say. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about VRL. Okay. Because we started the season putting them as probably top two favorites to win. But, Some will say top one yeah, favorite. hundred percent. But that was with Unai Emery. And Unai Emery is no longer there. And we saw in the last two games of the group stage, which were not important, but they did not win. A draw against Beresheva. They lost against Lech Poznan. They didn't look good. And under Kika Setien... I want to ask you. Maybe now they aren't favorites as we thought they would be because they don't. They don't. don't no longer have their European specialist.
0: I think you you say something that is correct, um, and it's not only that. We see other teams are looking forward for their Conference League matches. So I think that VRL last two group stage matches were actually not so important. They. Already qualified and so on, Um, so now it will be a a real challenge for Kike Setián for V. R. L. to show us whether they are still the top one, top two favorites in this competition. Unless they will perform well, I think we will see a lot of clubs, even not the big names, are having greater chance than them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. Look, I think that. Whatever happened with Unai Emery, whether it is in 2021 that they won the Europa League or the way they started the group stage, which was very impressive, I think under Kika Setien, this is this is a new story. They need to impress. They need to impress us again and show us that they deserve, for example, to be uh, I don't know described as favorites or or you know be- being like the team to be and all, and all these cliches. But I think now we're starting like. This is, this is a huge game. This is not taken for granted uh, that they will be so dominant again.
0: Yeah, and if I need to be honest, Unai Emery is one of these managers that I will say thankful for playing in European competitions. Mm-hmm. We see it in every club he was before. Kike Setien, I don't know, unless it's Champions League, I think he is feeling like, okay, let's do it. We'll win some, we'll lose some, I don't care. So, yeah, basically, that is the main difference.
1: It's such an inter- interesting development to see also how they would do now. Uh, they're pretty good in the league. They're sixth place, so they're not, you know, they didn't drop out of the European uh, uh, fighting in the league. Uh, they were not so good in the league with Emery. So I think it, like, it shifted a bit between the European priority and the league priority. So who knows what's going to happen with them right now uh, in the Conference League?
0: And let's uh, move on to the next match. Um, we can talk about the teams from the top leagues without mentioning the only English side in the competition this year, West Ham United. Um, last year they reached the Europa League semi-finals. And now they want to get even closer to winning a European title for the first time since the Cup Winners' Cup in 1965. Whew. And they will face Aiklanaka, huge success for the Cypriot uh, football, uh, first club from the med- Mediterranean island to reach the last sixteen stage since Apol Nicosia in 2017 Europa League. Um, they had an interesting match in the previous round against Dnipro Yeden. But now it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be feeling like playing against Ukrainian club without home fi- home ground. No,
1: this is this is a whole new story. This is uh this is a huge task for them as well. But I like this matchup. First of all, we know how the English fans love a trip to Cyprus, don't they? Uh, a holiday, a vacation in March. It's still cold in England. I saw London had like a this blizzard warning or something like that in the past few days. And, and so just the uh, the ability now to go to Cyprus, which is very hot now.
0: We already, actually, we already had Cyprus-English uh, clash this year. We had Manchester United against Omonia and Elysia right. in the Europa League group stage. True, true. So uh, West Ham... E- every time looking forward for English fans reaching Cyprus is, is exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's great, it's great. They have a lot of fun down there, but uh, let's talk a bit uh, football. Look, West Ham um, are not having a good season. Um, they look terrible in the league. Um, they are in a relegation battle. There's no other way around it. This is, this is happening right now. Um, and there's a lot of... It's a huge mess there with David Moyes and the fans and, and the ownership. And where is this club really going? But they do have a chance, first of all, definitely to, to qualify from this round because this is a pretty comfortable matchup, I should say, and maybe go all the way and win a European Cup, which is huge. Yeah, 1965. That's, those are the, the players that won the World Cup a, a year later. Like We're talking about Bobby Moore and all these, all these guys. So West Ham can have a chance to, uh, for European glory, and it means a lot to them. Uh, last year, they did uh, so well in the, in the Europa League. And David Moyes, believe it or not, still does not have a major trophy to his name. He only qualified from... He, he, um, he won promotion from, uh, from the championship. And he won uh, the charity shield. But he never has won anything substantial. And he, he coached Everton. He coached Man United, uh, uh, Real Sociedad. He also wants to really have some, you know, an impression. Something to last in the history books.
0: Yes, I'm looking after his European competitions in the past. Uh, We've been talking about the semi-finals with West Ham last year, but he didn't manage to have such great success in European competitions. He reached once the quarter-finals of the Champions League with Manchester United, but except from that, usually not uh, really successful competitions... He reached the round of 16 of the UEFA Cup with Everton in 2008. Um, do you remember against who they were? Was it Fi-
1: I, I I'm not sure if they won or lost, but they were against Fiorentina for sure. Was it penalties there? Did yes. they win or not?
0: Yes, you're good. He, 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 they were knocked out. They were knocked out in penalties. In, in penalties. In penalties. Against Fiorentina. Oh, he could
1: meet Fiorentina again. This is this could be great.
0: Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, but. I- interesting names in the penalty kickers for Everton back then. Oof, uh, let, let me guess. Um, Leon- there were two scorers and two missing. Uh, Archetta scored. Yes.
1: Yakubu scored. No, he missed. He missed. Maybe um, Leighton Baines <laughs> should have kicked. No. No. Oh my God. Uh, Leon Osman, maybe. Uh, that's it. I'm no. <laughs> Okay, I uh, give up.
0: The the second score was Thomas Grabson. Oh. And the last kick that was saved was by Jelka. Oh, Wow, that's a lot of nostalgia there. <laughs> um, the ultimate name dropping. Just follow it. us in, UA- in the old UEFA Cup matches. <laughs> um,
1: also, a fun fact, not a fun fact, definitely not for West Ham fans, but they do have a habit of losing um, um, ties where they are favorites. Uh, we remember in 2015-2016 they lost to Astra mm-hmm. Astrid- Georgiou mm-hmm the Romanian team in the qualifying rounds. In,
0: so, in the same years, they were close to being eliminated by Bio Kirkara from Malta. Right, right. It is they,
1: they're, not, they're not really good. And not only West Ham, but David Moyes specifically, not good with being the favorites. They like to be the underdogs. It seems to be a recurring theme, especially in David Moyes' career. Um, so, of course... They are favorites here. They should win. It will be a shock if not. But but Clarence has reasons to feel uh, optimistic.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the last season made West Ham to feel that they can do something in European stages. Uh, they eliminated Sevilla in the Europa League. More than that, you couldn't wish for better than that. And they won also against Lyon. And yes, uh, Frankfurt was um, a really... A tough tie for them in the semi-finals. So yeah, basically it's good for them to have uh, this kind of opponent. We will see other opponents that they could face in this round. Uh, so yeah, basically they, they can build themselves for the next stages. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, one note about Ajak Larnica. Omri Altman, one of their best players in the in the group stage and in this season, uh, used to play for Fulham and their uh, youth team in between 2011-2013. Uh, used to live in London for a few years, um, you know, sort of a return from hit for him. He didn't play in the previous round due to injury. Uh, hopefully, he will be back now.
0: Yeah, Yeah. So, we are looking forward. Next match... Sharif Tiraspol, one of our, uh, I won't say favorites. Uh, they, they, were, they were, in the headlines in the previous round. Uh, once again, they, were, they are playing away from Tiraspol, again hosting in Kishino, um, and their opponents, uh, a club that we followed from the knock, the, the qualifying rounds, actually, uh, Nice, a huge promise uh, for this season. Currently, they are only in the seventh place in the league. So maybe this is their last chance uh, to reach the Europa League next season. They're qualified from the top spot in their group. What happened for Nice since we've been met last time?
1: When we last spoke about them in November, uh, our listeners can, can roll back and hear what we said about them. It's just like we speak about West Ham now, like a team in shambles, the coach isn't doing his job... A lot of players w- were brought in this summer. Nice, like, almost renovated their whole squad this summer, brought a lot of new players, especially from England, with their new ownership, and it didn't click in the beginning of the season. Their their form was terrible in the league, in Europe, and also the group stage wasn't easy for them to qualify. Uh, and that was all uh, under Lucien Favre, the Swiss manager, and... Uh, since we last met, he was fired. Since he lost uh, a cup game in January to a fourth uh, division side, uh, he was fired immediately after after that. And um, replacing him is um, Didier Degas, uh who was uh, a central midfielder back in the day. Used to play for Nice, for Middlesbrough, for a, um, a lot of teams. He was uh, he was a, a very good player. And now, and then after he retired, I think he went to coach uh, some youth team in Nice or or something like that, now he got the chance to, uh, to coach them and he's doing great. Eight games, uh, six wins, two losses. They're back in form, especially in the league. Uh, and now they get the chance to impress in Europe as well. So, so suddenly like the whole narrative about Nice is, is different, it feels good.
0: Yeah, I, I want to, to say something. If, if there is any match that we can consider it as a, some kind of um, potential for upset, I think that this is the match. Mm-hmm. Although we they have a new manager And so on There's something still I would say uh, Not so experienced In this club uh-huh. um, And Sharifti Tiraspol, We saw them in the last round Against Partizan Belgrade, And in the previous uh, seasons They are bringing a lot of uh, Experience and tradition And they are trying to build Their new tradition So mm-hmm. I think that Sheriff Miraspol have a chance here to make a huge upset against nice i
1: i agree this is a tricky one this is a tricky one and sheriff uh although they changed completely from last year, their whole squad is also like you know uh players move on and, and they bring new guys but i do i do agree with you um on the argument that nice is um is not a europe it's not a traditional European side that we see every year coming and making the results and and make, doing things easily. I'm, I'm comparing them to teams from their league or, or the top five leagues for this matter. So when you just look at it on paper and say, okay, this is a league offside against the team from Moldova, then, oh yeah, it should be easy. Well, no, definitely not. And Sheriff has proved to us um, in this year and previous year as well that they are they are much better than we think they are. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a we'll great see, one. It's a we'll great see one. See what happened there. It, it's really interesting. Next, now it's the time for some real Europa Conference League matches. The hardcore stuff. The hardcore stuff. The, hardcore stuff. the first one: Ghent against Vasakshire. Um, Ghent uh, last year reached the round of 16 in this competition, lost against Pauk Thessaloniki from Greece. And now we have Beshakshir making a tremendous journey in Europe. I think that they covered distances in this com- in, in Europe this year. Uh, playing the first match was against Maccabi Netanya in Israel, and the next one was in, against Breiðablik from Iceland. So they make I think they covered almost all uh, all of Europe this year. Um, what to expect from that? Clash? Whole Eurotrip, trip indeed.
1: Well. Um, I think first of all, we talked about about Underlicht and now Ghent, which also qualified in penalties. Uh, so we had a look at them last week or, or the week before. Bashakshire, we haven't seen them for a while. They had an easy group. Let's 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 be honest here uh, with RFS and Hearts. So uh, Ghent also qualified in penalties, which was it was a dramatic one. And what was interesting is that. Um, you know, all this discussion sometimes, especially since, since Euro 2021, don't bring on uh, a player to kick a penalty in the 128th minute because he's cold or because it uh, just brings bad luck or pressure. Uh, it's a whole discussion. Um, but Ghent did this in, uh, against Karabagh. They brought on a defender called Cedric Vandale, and that was his first appearance in the first team. He's a defender. And wh- why did he come on for the penalties? Because he, uh, he, he plays for, the, for Gen 2 in the third division, and he scored a lot of penalties this year, so they thought to bring the specialist in. And guess what? He made the, the winning penalty, the last one. So that puts a lot of uh, more spice into that discussion. Um, he, he, he withstood a great pressure. Uh, it was his first kick, literally his first kick for the first team. Uh, he won a European tie with that, so uh, I think that was a great moment.
0: Yes, indeed. So I, I think that uh, for Ghent, it's a chance to to fill again the the European competition. I don't think that Besh... I think that Besh actually are our favorites here. Of course, the, the squad is amazing. They have great players. We saw them more than once in the previous round, so... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting match all. Yeah,
1: very, teams. very strong, very strong, and and let's see. Comparing them to Nice, I think they did. Uh, they they used their previous few years in Europe to make a name from for themselves, and they we almost look at them now just like the fourth big uh, Istanbul team. Uh, uh, we don't. I don't see a difference between them and Besiktas or Fenerbahce when coming into a European side. They have a lot of good players, a lot of quality, a lot of again. Character grit, you know these things that that Turkish teams normally do have uh, So I think they are slight favorites here like a 60-40 scenario uh, But I do I do wonder what's happening with Mesut Ozil. There were talks about him retiring uh, I think a month ago, but uh, he wasn't omitted uh, from the from the list for uh, for the European uh, knockout stages, so officially he's still on the team and we know what Mesut Ozil can do if he puts his mind into it
0: if he wants to play for those who like the connections someone who brought into the squad of basaksehir a belgian player adnan yanuzai oh for he, he is blast from the past yes he is on loan from sevilla uh, formerly played for Manchester United with David that, Moyes. The yeah, cur- so we we're
1: making some connections yeah, here. Yeah, was, was and, from, and for
0: Real Sociedad and for Real Sociedad also. Yeah, a promising name about a decade ago, and his career was well. He did,
1: he he didn't live up to what people expected from him, but I think he still did a great great career, especially in Sociedad.
0: Yes, yeah, so th- this year he barely played. Actually, uh, he made only one match for Barshakche, of course. He didn't have enough time to play for the club uh, since he joined, uh, but he didn't play uh, too much for Sevilla in the in the first st- uh, stage of the season. So
1: still only twenty eight, twenty eight years old. Amazing. Know, Th-
0: these players, you, you can say, I know him for too long. How the hell is just twenty eight? <laughs>
1: That's true. He's, he's a classic example of that, but he still has a, a few good years to put, and Shir could be a great place for him to do that. Yeah so
0: next match it's a repeat of a match from the group stage FC Basel is hosting Slovan Bratislava we've been waiting for this Slovak uh, guys our beloved name dropping from the group stage Um, so yeah back back to to the group stage Slovan Bratislava shocked in the first match in St. Jacobs Park in Basel to nil win In Slovakia they made a 3-3 draw, but there was a feeling that that Slovan Bratislava can win also in that match. Um, We're talking about how poorly Basel is performing this year. Um, Though in the the previous round, I I don't want to say that it was easy, but they managed to do it uh, clear in the second leg against the
1: yeah, I think we should give them credit for... We, we've been bashing them a lot this year, Basel. But they did perform pretty well against Trabzonspor. Again, um, uh, the whole Turkish thing, which we didn't talk about Shir, but that could affect them as well. Again, Trabzonspor um, could not close out the deal against Basel. Basel did what they were supposed to do. They are here, credit to them. And now suddenly we're back into this group stage game, which we've seen, like it's a deja vu. But I like it because uh, this is our only tie and from all all the eight ties, that is a game where uh, the teams have met before in history, like in the European competition, not talking about friendlies or anything. Uh, And and this previous meeting was this year. So I, I think generally looking at the conference league concept, it creates new combos of games we haven't seen. And in meaningful rounds, not qualifying rounds, uh, you know a round of 16 game between two teams who have never met and some of them have never been here before in these rounds i think it's great i think it's a reason why we love this we love this competition but for example in the champions league right now in in the uh in their uh round, uh, of, 16. round of 16 they have one game that is uh, that the two teams have never met before, which is Dortmund against Chelsea. And everyone is so excited and pumped about it, like, whoa, it's so rare. And for us, it's like the opposite. It's like every game
0: is like this. So I think that's cool. Yeah, basically. It's, it, it, that is another reason to, lo- to love the, the Conference League. So yeah, all the names from the first round that we've been missing for uh, Vladimir Weiss and Vladimir Weiss Jr., and uh, Jabba Kankava with the Jabba lawsuit Kankava of Dnipro and Guram Kasia and uh, Juraj
1: Kuchka, of course
0: all, all, all these guys we've been missing you guys
1: fun team, fun team to watch um, and yeah we, we this is like the only game that we can actually measure okay we saw these two teams play each other so you might say that Slovan Bratislava are our favorites because how things went in a group stage but Basel always has the, the, the experience that we talk about and uh, with their interim manager, may- maybe, you know, they'll, they they have this magic that would strike again and they can do a run. So I think this is, uh,
0: like, very interesting tie, very tough to predict. Yeah. So, last but not least, I think that this is the, the reason why we're so fascinated by the Europa Conference League. From one side, it's Lek Poznan, team that we both have some... Positive feelings for. Um, they are reaching this round, the first club from Poland in the last 16 in any European competition since Wisla Krakow has done it in 2003. Actually, the last time that Lech Poznań played in the last 16 round in any competition was in 1993, but it wasn't a proper round. It was a qualifying round in the Champions League before an A team uh, group stage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's one of their greatest journeys in the club's history. And their opponents, another favorites for, of us uh, Juorg Goldens from Sweden had an impressive group stage performance. Uh, the last club from Sweden to reach the round of 16 in any European competition, Ajax won Cup Winners Cup in 1997. Ooh.
1: The good old days. And these teams are back in business. Their countries are back in business. I just had a monologue of, of passion about this competition with, the, with what I said about Basel and Bratislava. So, so again, this, this is another example. Two teams that can just
0: go and, and have... Let, let, let's say the bottom line. One of them will reach the quarterfinals. That's it.
1: Incredible. Incredible stuff. And... And, and it's not like they are, they are having great seasons, but it could have also been a different team. It's not like, okay, we predict that, that they could go far. It could have been a lot of other teams from this level who could have done the same thing and, we can, and can see this and say, next year we can do this. It's not like Leck and do. Dut- you're going to suddenly have a lot of money or, or like a crazy ownership that, that made this happen. It's just the concept itself that gives this chance. That's why we love this matchup specifically. Um, and of course, when these two teams make such a good campaign, you have players who made that happen. So, I mean, Mikael, Isak, man. L- look at what he's doing in this competition. He's an absolute beast. Uh, uh, he, the way he beat Bodo Glimt uh, and, and what he did in the group stage and, and the qualifiers. I think like we can maybe start you know, like our unofficial player of the tournament kind of thingy. Maybe he won't win it officially, but he's one of those players who like...
0: Team, team of the season.
1: Yeah. But also like this honorable mention of a player who wasn't so famous. You know, maybe a player from West Ham or Fiorentina is going gonna, is gonna to win the whole thing, and, and but everyone knows these players. Maybe this is a player who comes from a bit, not from the spotlight, and he's having a great season. Uh, he's just a pleasure to watch. And um, eight goals in the tournament... Uh, leads the Polish league with ten goals, and what is also good and interesting is that he's gonna uh, meet a Swedish team. He is Swedish, of course, from a Syrian background. So, and he was born in Stockholm in a suburb. Jurgen are also from Stockholm, so it's a derby for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is um, really massive match um, for for Lech like Poznan. And Duregordens are trying to, to figure out. We saw it in the last round. Uh, Lek Poznan met another Nordic side, Border uh, We know that winter break is not the only change for, the, for this side. It's, it's a complete new season. They are building themselves. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's interesting to see Duregordens. We will talk th- about their home match. Next week, because mm-hmm. playing in Sweden is massive, um, so it's going to be a really interesting. Which club would we see here? Um, which opponent they have here? Um, any uh, yes. interesting names? Uh, 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 by the way, another interesting name of Lek Poznan, Michael Skorash, another great name, great player that wolf mentioning. Indeed. And for And uh, we've been talking about their squad, the their, their players. Um, most of, them, most of them Swedish, uh, local players, um, and one Rasmus a eternal name. Um, well, Lek,
1: surprisingly, besides Ishak also have two more Swedish players. One of them, Jesper Kollström, moved from Eurogordon in 2020. So, um, I think this is an in, is a you know, it's a hot one for, for, for the Eurogordon fans. Filip Dagostal, also another Swede. So uh, it's, it's a mini derby. And what, what I think is that because Lech has just came from playing a Nordic side and a tough Nordic side, we, we all love Bodo Glimt, um, th- it gives them an advantage of preparation. While you, Gordon, we talk about the, the winter break, the, 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 the Swedish Cup is back, they won three out of three. It's nice, it's cool. But it's not, it, it, they're not in their peak of their form. So I would think that Lek Poznan have a little bit of an edge here.
0: Yeah, something that's worth mentioning in Jogolden the the Swedish love to appoint two managers. These two.
1: They used to have that in the national team, right? Yes,
0: uh, Lars Lagerbeck and the other Lars Lagerbeck. <laughs> um, so they have Kim Bergstrand and Thomas Lagerlof. And the interesting thing is that. Thomas Lagerlef was part of IXona uh, squad in 1997, the last one to reach the round of sixteen back in back then uh, so yeah, he can bring from his own experience as a player in later late rounds in European competitions um who they have been lost there oh okay, anonymous club named Barcelona not interesting. <laughs> Um, they are no, these Barcelona guys are not playing in European competitions anymore this season. We don't care about them.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I do think that a lot. I think this is a, a, also a recurring thing that we say here in a lot of uh, episodes. That when like, when we when you look into a team, you see names that have been there before as players. Every team needs mm-hmm. some. You know, the, the the guys with the experience, even if they're not playing anymore, they know how this the team is supposed to function. They know how to bring uh, um, the intensiveness or, or the togetherness that requires a team to be successful. In Europe, this is not the first time that we see such an example.
0: Yeah. So, think that we can conclude this episode. We had great list of matches. I can't wait for, for the... For Thursday night, really. Oh yeah. Um, and that's it for the first leg of the round of 16, but not everything, because there are there is much more to come. Uh, follow Baggio in social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also on TikTok for the youngsters that love this thing. Um, more coverage from the Europa Conference League, and not only from there. Uh, we'll have also have a special recap, as usual, on Friday, with the best moments from the first leg of the round of 16, Eden Roitfab. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. See you next week.
0: I'm Yossi Medina. We were a conference call by Gol, And we will be here once again, as you said, Eden, next week with all the best from Europe's best football competition. Until next time, keep football real.